Welcome to Help Me to Understand, a podcast where women give their voices to issues of social justice, political activism, giving back, and other topics relevant today. I'm your host, Felicia Garland. As you look around, you can't avoid the fact that we live in an age of political and social divisions, global warming, economic and racial inequality, and a breakdown in many of our social structures. And that was just this morning's news. I find it can be all so confusing, and I bet you do as well. Perhaps you'd like to make a difference in the world, even if only a small one, but you feel you need more knowledge and understanding around the issues we face in order to develop the tolerance, empathy, and compassion you need to become a force for good. It's my mission with this podcast to hear from women who are working every day to make a difference. So welcome, curious listener, to this journey of discovery and understanding. I'm so glad you're here. Together, let's become a force for good. With me today is Diana Pollack. She's the founder and chief change officer of Artware for Good. Artware for Good partners with schools and nonprofit organizations, creating art-based fundraisers and donor recognition programs. Artware also works with the for-profit sector, facilitating team-building events that are both charitable and creative. With the onset of COVID-19, which suspended Artware's in-person fundraising and team-building events, Diana launched Mission Driven Masterminds, an organization which provides a safe and nurturing environment for not-for-profit leaders to come together to get clear on their goals, share resources and strategies, and stay focused on their mission to help those they aim to serve. Hi, Diana. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Felicia. Thank you for having me. So let's just start a little bit with your background, which is extensive in the charitable (laughs) community. I think it's been about 30 years or so. You've been Mm -hmm. able to, very fortunately, I think, combine your passion for community and art and philanthropy and travel. So you're very lucky. I think people would be a little envious. How did you manage to do all of that? You know, sort of the broad picture. It just happened as I was going through life. But when I look back on it, I, you know, you get to a certain age and you become very reflective of what you've done. And it's, it's been a beautiful, beautiful lesson in the fact that I um, was present enough at different opportunities in my life to seize a moment. And I was probably always leading with my heart and my gut and never with what I should do. And a lot of my path in the beginning came out of what I did not want to do. Okay. Like I did not want to be in a nine to five corporate job. I did not want to work for somebody else. So a lot of what I um, set out to do was to fulfill that. Mm-hmm. So I look at myself as very lucky. Yes. But yeah. I, I would but, think but so. create that at the same time. You know, I created this lifestyle. I don't, yes. I didn't want to imply that you just kind right. of happenstance. It was exactly. a, and looking back is always, gives you some, you realize it's not a straight line, your career and your, your life, but it does seem to hold together after a while, you know, it does make sense. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about Artware for Good first. Mm-hmm. Now tell us how you started and uh, your work before the pandemic. So when we first started, which was 28-ish years ago, the 
program was specifically for schools to help art departments raise money with, with art for art. And that was a crazy story. And we might have shared that together once before where my husband and my daughter needed an Indian princess project. And she was five years old. And it was a Sunday night at about 10 o'clock. And they asked me to come up with an art project for them to do the next day when all the dads and daughters were showing up. And a lot of on, advanced notice. Right. At 10 o'clock, she's five years right. old and it's yeah. like Sunday and she's school tomorrow. And mm-hmm. why is it father daughter? Should you guys be doing this together? <laughs> Not me. So I had my hand on some equipment at the time because then our business was small and my studio was in the basement. And I'm standing there with my hand on my equipment and I was thinking, you know, why don't you have the girls draw a picture of what their Indian princess tribe means to them and then keep the art, tell them we have a surprise for them. And the next month at your next meeting, we'll surprise them with a t-shirt. Now that might now not seem like a big deal, but 28 years ago, we didn't even have computers to do that. It was like this high grade copy process and there wasn't shopping online where everyone could get their photos or their art on art on everything. It was magic mm-hmm. back then. And that's literally how I got started because I was doing outsourced photography work for different photo labs. Mm-hmm. So I had not, it was literally a fluke, but it combined my love of art and also to show children that they're all art is good. Art is mm-hmm. worthy of being, you know, transferred into something. It's not about winning contests, but you know, your art is just amazing as it is. And wear it on a t-shirt and be proud of it. So that's how my whole career started. And then we added, t- um, we had about 40 products that we put on to chil- on products with the children's art. Mm-hmm. And then we added tiles and we're creating um, legacy walls in schools that were also used as a fundraiser or to mark a milestone, maybe a new building or 50th mm-hmm. anniversary of a school or maybe a principal leaving. But our tile walls are like modern day frescoes with the children's creativity on the tiles and they're just so beautiful they're my, always my favorite product and then very fortuitously a nonprofit that I had done a children's wall with said we need something grown up looking we need something that's a little more sophisticated we're doing a capital campaign for a new building it was a YMCA and so I came up with this idea of what has now been serving me for about 15 years mm-hmm. which are these donor recognition walls for nonprofits. Mm-hmm. So again, it's like, just like seizing that moment and seeing something and saying, oh my gosh, this might actually work. <laughs> well, if you have to have that creativity, obviously only a few people see that and have that. And I think at one point, I think you and I connected and you know that I still have the mug that my then, I probably was five or six year old son did in his school and yep. of course, as a, as a mother, I cherish all those little knickknacks, you know, the right. uh, little trivets that they make in camp, but I love this mug. Um, yes. So, and I love that. I hear that often, you know, <laughs> like, oh, I, I still have your mug 20 years later. It's like, great. Uh, yeah. Yep. So tell us a little bit, because this also would have been before the pandemic, how you utilize that in the corporate world as, sure. you know, as a, a, again, a kind of team building thing. Right. So again, someone said to me, oh, Diana, I need some creative team building. And is there any way you might be able to do what you do going into nonprofits and doing fundraisers? And do you think we could go to a company with this? And so again, it was just this wonderful opportunity where I helped 
an event planner, mm-hmm. come up with this idea. And it, it just like warmed my heart and lit me up because all the years of focusing on children, well, they're doing art in school every day. But us adults, we are in the grind. And when I asked in the beginning of a team building session, how many people made art as a kid every day? Pretty much, I would say 95% of the adults in the room raise their hand. And then mm-hmm. I say, well, how many of you are still, you still have a creative outlet? And more than half of the hands go down. And so we forgot that we knew how to draw or that we did draw, that we had fun doodling and making collages and all that. So for me, the joy has come into bringing um, some joy into their workspace. Our team buildings, I would say it's sort of like a low hanging, let's have fun, work together to create art. But the beautiful part that brings it back to the philanthropic fulfillment for me is that we will create collaborative piece of art that then I'll transfer on to tiles and make a tile table or tile mural that Uh then gets donated to a nonprofit. Uh And so the theme of the art might be, we've done food pantries. So everyone's drawing pictures of vegetables and healthy eating. I've worked with preschools that maybe have the word heart in their tagline and we make tables Uh of heart. So we work together. I, I kind of have a vision of what I want it to look like, but we do a whole Q&A session, brainstorming with the adults in the room. And then we make the art. Sometimes there's three or four teams in the room. Sometimes they, it's a contest yes, and they're right. judged. <laughs> oh, they right? And sometimes their CEO or their mm-hmm. head of HR come out along with me, me and they literally have like a 10 point checklist. And mm-hmm. so it, it can be fun. It can be serious. It's mm-hmm. not this altruistic, you know, outcome. And then for me, where the greatest joy comes is that, I have seen many lasting relationships mm-hmm. between the corporation and the nonprofit that I've introduced them to. If okay. They don't already have one. Where mm-hmm. maybe as a result of the Artware program, they're having some employee engagement programs where employees are then now going and they're doing more. Maybe some volunteer you know, work, work or raising yeah, money. Exactly. Or, right. Volunteering. Um, mm-hmm getting trained in their programs to facilitate more. I've seen so many beautiful lasting relationships come mm-hmm. out of my introduction from an hour long team building. Again, that sounds so fortunate to be able to marry that passion that you have for philanthropy and to see it all come to fruition. And as you said, warm your soul. I don't think right. a lot of people have warm souls after their nine to five jobs. Right. But all those things you describe, obviously, require face-to-face, in-person, all those things we don't have at the moment. Right. So the Yeah, that was a bit of a shocker mm-hmm. when the pandemic hit. We were actually pretty busy for the first three or four months with work that we were producing from events that had happened in the fall and early winter. Mm-hmm. And I work with a lot of schools still just doing... Um, that do additions to tile walls each year. So a lot of the schools have been able to create the art before they went on lockdown. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden the pandemic hit and it was like, whoa, okay, let's go virtual. Let's see what we can do here. Mm-hmm. And we we did roll out a program called Color Our World and I built a whole virtual platform. We really like gangbusters, like mm-hmm. tried to create something, which was an interesting lesson in, it's not always so good to like to rush. Like we thought uh-huh. we were answering this problem where everyone wanted free content, free content. They want something for their kids to do at home. And 
by the time we launched it, which was only three or four weeks, like after we started, things were already changing. Like if we look back on the beginnings of the pandemic, it seemed like our needs and our desires and our frustrations just kept changing because it was Mm -hmm. just so many different things happening. And then the warm weather came so everyone was outside. And so people weren't as ready to draw. The other thing is, is, and we're sitting here now on Zoom, people might not see this, but if you're working on art and I'm working on art and we're in two different spaces, we can't really see each other's art. So there's something lost there. And then Mm -hmm. our heads are down. So it wasn't translating for me. Mm -hmm. But I also was talking to nonprofits and all the like the people we work with and our prospects. We have, you know, quite an amazing collection of organizations doing so much amazing work mm-hmm. and all very diversified, but they were all having the same issue. It was like Absolutely. how do we can't have a fundraiser, can't have how people do we fundraise? To see right. How do we fundraise? And the major thing is how do we even engage our donors? How do we mm-hmm. even like get them to the table? or to the Zoom, or whatever it is. is. Mm -hmm. And to me, it was very evident that doing donor recognition walls or spending money to thank donors at that moment wasn't the important part because it was so much harder to raise funds that all all that money that's raised should be going to the programs. I think it's important to thank donors, right? You can Mm -hmm. send thank you notes or calls, but to, you know, buy gifts Mm -hmm. seems frivolous at the time. So I just one day put out a call and said, literally sent out an email to my database and said, are you a leader of a nonprofit or a board member or volunteer? Are you, you know, frustrated? I listed it all out. Please come. And from one email, I I was like 20 people were on the call. I just was amazed at how many people responded. And we had another call and another call. And I said, you know, there's something here. I've run masterminds before. I've attended Mm -hmm. a lot of masterminds. I run a women's group up here in the Hudson Valley. I have now for three years. And, you know, my work with big, I was Mm -hmm. facilitating a women's group. So I know that one of my strengths are in facilitating a room. You're a connector and a facilitator. That's that right off the board. Yeah, that is actually, those are like my. That's on your business card. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. My new business card. So we quickly designed um, a logo and came up with a name, Mission Driven Success. And so now we're hosting um, nonprofits masterminds for nonprofits. Mm-hmm. So the idea is to come to a space. Let me help hold you accountable. Let's learn from each other. It's four cohorts together. Mm-hmm. Never more than that. And we spend an hour twice a week, twice a month, rather, I should say, sort of sharing, discovering, staying on goal, making business plans, and really helping each other. Mm-hmm. And our little groups are now becoming like almost like little advisory boards for each other, because now there's it's like love fest that's growing from the women who are in the group. You asked me if I only work with women. That was like one of the questions you sort of had given me to prepare. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, I never set out just to work for women, but mm-hmm. it is amazing how many women leaders on the smaller sort of grassroots movement nonprofits, how you see it's probably like nine out of 10. Uh-huh. Well, certainly the organizations women. I can think of, frequently the executive directors are are women, not necessarily all the board members, exactly. but, but I do think women are yeah. more easily comfortable sharing a lot of that kind of information with one another. Right. Supportive. And are running those kind of nonprofits because they're doing it They're you know, probably are looking at working at a nonprofit is, is fueling the soul usually more than the pocketbook first. Yes. So, mm-hmm. you know, there, you, you tend to like, 
from our generation see that for, you know, mm-hmm. more women gravitating to that. So what's the range of the organizations that first came, but then eventually I think you've been expanding to other, maybe smaller organizations? I mean, from right. so, what are they doing to what are they doing? Right. So this is a good point. So I find that nonprofits that have staff that are like have a larger budget where they're paying for in, the infrastructure and the staff, the support staff are so busy making things happen right now that they're not running to the masterminds as much as some of the smaller, maybe the executive director is doing a lot of the work, uh-huh. leaning on board member type nonprofits. Although there's everything from international to national, I have a woman who's running, starting a New Jersey chapter of a national organization called, it's going to be called New Jersey Angels, and they're advocates in the foster care system. Mm -hmm. And I have two international projects. I think you know that one of my loves is that I've gotten to work with international and have traveled around the world quite a bit since 2014 with our tile walls Mm -hmm. and have met so many amazing people. So I have someone working with elephants in Sri Lanka and someone that's doing medical clinics in Mm -hmm. and helping girls in education in Nepal. We have people who work at like more like historical societies and Mm -hmm. art institutions. So it really runs the gamut. Those are in some cases, larger organizations, well-established, but I had the sense that you also worked perhaps with the startup. No, those uh, three of those that I mentioned are all startups. Oh, they are. And I feel like, and some are actually really all driven by like work in Anato, uh, Anato, which is the work in Nepal. They are 10 years old, but they, but they all, everyone who works on it is volunteering and they all have daytime jobs, you know, Mm -hmm. the full-time job and this, they come to this. So as far as I'm concerned, even after 10 years, it's startup. (laughs) Because it it does take a while. That's a long runway, I would imagine. Yes, Exactly. So you did say that you work a lot with women. That just happens to be the folks kind of who gravitate to you. Is there a type of woman necessarily or traits that you find in women who are active? I mean, you talked a little bit about feeds the soul, but mm-hmm. focus a little bit on the the newer, more the more startup organizations. Are well, these I older think- women, retired, want to give back? That, there's a lot of that. And I have a lot of people who have been coming to the table who are looking for the nonprofit they want to work to. Yeah. So I feel like it's, you know, a lot of people who maybe did corporate, uh-huh. who got that package or, you know, did their whatever years, uh-huh. now kids are out of the house, they're not quite ready to retire, are happier to have more time on their hands, but now feel that they can be fueled by the passion necessary and not necessarily the pocket. Right. Mm -hmm. So now, okay, we have time to immerse ourselves. And the real interesting thing about this is we're talking about age a lot because I've had a chance to do this as well recently is, and I think this is a blessing out of the pandemic that we Mm -hmm. are, we were given a time that we can look at things where we were forced. It's bigger than us, right? We're, mm-hmm. we're granted the time to stop and think a lot of us. We're sort of we forced not, to. We don't have a choice right. in many ways. We don't have a choice. And we might not have taken that time to do mm-hmm. that. We Like for me, I probably would, with art, we'd still be like trudging uphill. Like, okay, like how are we going to make this happen? And blah, blah, blah. But being able to step back and look and say, where are we relevant now? Where, how are we going to go forward? What are we doing? Mm-hmm. It's beautiful because I was granted that space. So I think a lot of people have, some people might realize, you know, I don't 
want to work that grind anymore, or I haven't been. Mm-hmm. But what I was going to start to say was that we can look at what our greatnesses are. Like, what are we expert at? And what what are our talents? Maybe it's not always passion, but what are we good at? Mm-hmm. Because one of the things that I'm seeing a lot with these smaller nonprofits is a way that they can get help is by people giving time because they don't necessarily have money now mm-hmm. for to pay that social media person or to pay oh. you know, the grant writer okay. or to pay, you know, an admin or like even a, to do outreach. But, but in-kind services. Exactly. They provide. Exactly. Okay. Right. Well, that's interesting because I did want to ask you about how, if a woman comes to you and says, I, I, I have this area that interests me or uh, some kind of cause or something. Mm-hmm. Do you go through and talk about the different ways that she can give back? But you can be a board member. They're always looking for money, as you said, but people right. don't necessarily have it. So all the different ways you can give back. Absolutely. And there's something even better than board members. It's actually doing a, just doing a project or going on an advisory board. Mm-hmm. of a nonprofit. So you're right. A board members usually becomes like a fiduciary responsibility, right? And then mm-hmm. you're you're more like meeting to meet to meet to meet. That's like right. what it's more corporate. Of, That's what you tried to get away from. Right, exactly. <laughs> but to, for instance, um a couple of the nonprofits that are in one of my mastermind groups, they really need help with social media. Mm-hmm. Now there are so many college graduates home and looking for jobs, but are savvy on social media and Instagram. And again, Mike, they realize that they're not going to be making the money they need to, but they want to keep busy, mm-hmm. right? And this is actually yep. builds the resume. Yeah, this absolutely. is a perfect time to find people who have talents. And probably the best way to do it is just to ask everybody that you know, like in a very grassroots way, th- uh-huh. that's from the nonprofit side. Like, yes. okay, I need someone to do social media. I want someone who's you know got a great work ethic and can commit maybe 10 hours a week. It's amazing mm-hmm. when someone who really knows what they're doing can get done in five to 10 hours a week where someone who doesn't know what they're doing oh, gosh, and, yes. thinks, right, and thinks uh-huh. that they have to do it, it takes 30 hours. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, not to suggest that everybody should do something because it builds the resume, but if you are a younger person with those skills and can give back, board members tend to be more established, successful individuals. What a great way to perhaps interact with or have that exposure to the board members who are, again, more mm-hmm. established and right. develop those connections and relationships that could, when COVID finally goes away, which right. we all pray that it does, but what a great way to build relationships Absolutely. besides with the giving back. Not that everything has to be, you know, joined like that. Right. But it, it, it feels good. And, and not everyone always has money to give, but they can give time. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that yes. feels good. And it just, I think that's just a sign of the times. I believe our world needed a correction of spending, think of, for people to spend more time thinking about how they spend their time mm-hmm. and how can we make this world a better place. You know, the oceans, in the very beginning, the sky was bluer and the oceans were bluer, right? Yes, and less pollution, fewer cars out on the road. and Right, exactly. And no, uh, digital nomads were growing because people could work remotely 
But mm-hmm. although we can't necessarily be in another country now, but that's going to all happen again. So I think we, many of us have been questioning how we spend our time and mm-hmm. how can we help to heal this world going forward and not go back to that hectic, crazy pace. <laughs> so let's hope. This is a, let's hope. So this could be a great way to help those that need help, like just food pantries. I mean, mm-hmm. oh, yes, I guess they're there in terrible need. It's horrible. I just finished, I just donated my time for six fundraisers, a series of six cooking classes throughout the Hudson Valley, where there's a lot of different counties in the Hudson Valley. And I went to a food blogger that I saw had a big part. And she also not only wrote about chefs in the restaurants, but her whole mission is that everyone in the Hudson Valley should eat. And I just suggested doing a cooking class where we can, the ticket prices could maybe go to a food bank and it ended up turning out that we did a series of six uh-huh. and now it's going to launch into a year uh, a year-long program with monthly classes and it's been huge and we have raised so much money for different nonprofits that are involved in food insecurities in the Hudson Valley and it's staggering when you listen to them talk about the numbers so that right there is a place mm-hmm. every food bank every food pantry they need people desperately Sure. And that's a, actually a very, uh, an idea that can be used from at many, many food banks that could find restaurants again, who are not fully, you know, using all of their, their space and time and resources. But right. what you said was kind of segues into something else I was interested in. What about, because you advise this, the chef what to do? Are there other women who come to you? They know what they want to do. They want to start an organization, but they don't have a clue how to start it. Can you help them with that? I'm not a business coach. You know, I can Uh help and sit down and and give ideas, but I like to then connect people. So I have a mentor who was um, a branding expert in Fortune 500 companies who's retired and now doing some free consulting. And Mm -hmm. after talking and coming to one of my women's groups, she basically also said, I don't want to, you know, I want to see, not that I have to make money, but I'd like to see like where I can like be, mm-hmm. my, where my value would, would be best suited. And so I'm introducing her to different nonprofits. So I think mm-hmm. that it's, again, it's a connecting people. I think uh-huh. that's where I'm great. I, I, I'm a good connector so I could listen. And I've been very deliberate that I don't want to be a coach. <laughs> <laughs> you want the mastermind to be where the members themselves help one another. I take it that's in mission-driven masterminds, it's to, they learn from each other, not necessarily, because it's not a top-down from you necessarily. Right, and sometimes there is, and I'll, and I, yes, there's a little bit of, yes, I might know a little bit more than you and I share, but I try to elicit, they um, ask the question of everyone in the room so that they're helping each other. And mm-hmm. sometimes by someone asking you a, a question, and someone else answers it, it's the third and the fourth person in the room that are learning mm-hmm. the most. So I think it's it's more about collaboration. I am really a collaborator. Mm-hmm. To me, I feel like that collaborative energy, like we all we all learn from each other that way. Well, we talked about this at the beginning and in your advice that you give to organizations and clearly your expertise because of the creativity, fundraising being has got to be the most difficult part for the newly formed and all the Mm -hmm. existing organizations. And that really seems to be where your creativity comes from or what, how you use your creativity. So 
Any other advice you would give to a woman, say, starting out or, again, has an idea about how she want, what she wants to work for the kind of cause that she has or motivation? And you have kind of a general advice that you give? I know you're not a coach, as you said. Right. I think it's connecting with other people, mm-hmm. like talking, just talking, like making making coffees, even if they're virtual coffees and talking mm-hmm. to people. And, um, you know, I, again, I think if we're passionate about something, it, it works, it flows better. So like, if there's a cause, look up online and see what other nonprofits might be doing and and see if there's something that resonates. Maybe there's something being done in Omaha, but you're in Tennessee, you know, and it's not being oh, okay. done there, right? Mm-hmm. So it's something that you can research or bring to. Sometimes there are national cha- organizations that are looking for local chapters. Mm-hmm. But I think, as I'm saying this, what comes back is just get involved and start volunteering and start putting yourself out there and seeing what you like doing. I think that's the best way to learn because you mm-hmm. don't know until you're actually doing it. And you can just, I guess it makes sense, just do the research online like anything else that we're all kind of doing right. now. And right. you can reach out, I imagine, to these organizations if you find one. Make absolutely phone call, Every- email, talk, c- connect us and or you know if you're if you're about to us. say I would love to find a way to help you <laughs> with time or uh-huh. you know and, and, and my talents. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, there are certain things where people can't, and now with COVID, like with food pantries, like there, it's limited, you know, there's ways that you can't help because people can't cook and be in the space, mm-hmm. but you can donate food or you can help to bag food. I mean, there, you, there are differences now, but for the most part, no one's going to say no to, to, to help. Um, the other thing that we do is on our site, which is missiondrivensuccess.com, once a month, there's a free roundtable that I have, which I put in place so that if someone wanted to see what the magic of the mastermind was like, but before mm-hmm. committing, there's one free class you can, that's not class, sorry, one free session uh-huh. where you can come and people show up. So that might be a way to just talk, you know, mm-hmm. ab- about what see you want and what's going on. Yeah. Well, just so everyone knows, I am going to put the link to missiondrivensuccess.com on the website. So everyone oh, can great. see that. Uh, sure. Any other contact way they should find you or just through Mission well, Driven? Through, you could do Mission Driven and Artware for Good, Good, which is our fundraising and team building division, our website's there. And, and the link site, both sites link, so you can get to each other from. Good. Well, we'll have all and those. And we'll have your social media on there right. too, so folks can. And LinkedIn you. is Diana Pollock. So that's always another great way to find <laughs> me. Well, if they're eager and uh, want to get involved, I'm sure they'll be able to to research you and see some of the work that you've done, which is great. Is there anything else we should know about your work or how you're handling the pandemic? What's what's going on? Just with someone who has been such a connector and a facilitator. Well, I can let the cat out of the bag. <laughs> so what I've had to do is, you know, I love no cats driven. in the bag. You want them all right. out of the bag. Okay. So mission driven is. You know, it, that's another thing that feeds my soul, but not necessarily the pocketbook. And that's something that one has to think about. Mm-hmm. So my first passion was always architecture and construction and spaces. And when I was 23, I had my real estate license in New York City. And I was mm-hmm. had a really great little career for a short period of time. 
And so I went back this fall and studied and got my license again. And Mm -hmm. again, that's like when you're asking about feeling grateful, like that's another love of mine. And it's about connecting people. It's about connecting and helping people find their home. And I'm I'm in the Hudson Valley now after being in New Jersey for 28 years, and I just love it here. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. Artware's not going away. Mission Driven's not going away. But it was a really great exercise to put myself through school mm-hmm. and study and and pass my classes, which was yes. really <laughs> a back to deal. school. Take another test. <laughs> this like old brain with cobwebs like needed some uh-huh. clearing, and I and I had the time, and it was like. There was no way I felt good about calling nonprofits and saying, hey, do you want to do a donor recognition wall with me when Mm -hmm. we're not even in brick and mortar right now? You know, so we're hoping for the future that Artware comes back. I'm already seeing the phones and emails are, you know, ringing and chiming Mm -hmm. in more over the last couple of weeks. Or if you're looking to relocate up in the Hudson Valley, can you call too? <laughs> you can do both. I'll sell well, you a house. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm sure there will be a real pent-up demand with corporations, large companies, on the team building side. I mean, team, new people have been hired. They don't know anybody because they've all done it virtually. Build well, there's a lot. There, and- yeah, I agree with you. And I think there are a lot of virtual fundraisers. We're not in the business of virtual, I mean, team building. Mm-hmm. My it's my team building program that doesn't work. For, I virtually that was another when you say you I'm informed by what I don't want to do. Uh-huh. I had very quickly decided that I just did not want to become a virtual event company. Uh-huh. Like that was like sitting in front of a Zoom screen all day and uh-huh. trying to engage people. Uh-huh. That's not what we're about. But to your point, I think it is so important to do team building now because you are right. People are disconnected. Mm-hmm. Very much. It's just so. not going to be mine. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> but you know, now that you've pivoted to real estate, is it to you know fill the pocketbook? You are a great um, example to folks who trying to juggle it all, start a new career, make those connections in your neighborhood, which has got to be fabulous for your fundraising aspect, right? And still have all this ability to give back for you know organizations and causes that mean something to you. So. Absolutely. And Artware is a national and international company. So moving to the Hudson Valley, I didn't feel like rooted in my community. And now with the real estate and doing this work with the food pantries, it's fulfilling another need for me of becoming a person in the Hudson Valley that's known mm-hmm. to be, you know, into community and building and philanthropy. So it's interesting. Yes, mm-hmm. to what you're saying that this is fulfilling a need for me now is being a Hudson Valley thought leader, connector, you know, collaborate. It sounds like one more situation in your life that has come to you, connecting all more dots that all, again, in retrospect, it'll all look like it fit in well together. So right. again, you're, you're also, you're a hard worker and a very dedicated worker, but you're also lucky and that's a good, a good thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm you're blessed. That's the best. Blessed. I'm sorry. You are blessed. That yeah, and I'm the, blessed the to live place. in the Hudson Valley in this beautiful, beautiful, like moving from Montclair, which is so congested and living now, like kind of in the country, like the Hudson River in mm-hmm. my backyard. And maybe even the listeners will hear like now the train to New York City in my front yard. I, I It's kind of this interesting, quiet place that has just a lot of movement and energy. Mm-hmm. 
Well, again, I'm going to put all the links to Artware for Good and Mission Driven Success and all the different places to find you. Thank you so much, Diana, for joining me. This has been great. Thank you for asking me. It's so great to be connected again. That's it for this episode of Help Me to Understand. If you like what you've heard, please go to our website, helpme2understand.com to listen to more great episodes. Or, better yet, subscribe to receive new episodes as they are released. I'm so glad you can join me. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.